Hey everyone, welcome to Shift, or welcome back if this isn't your first time here. Shift is a daily podcast where the thoughts and insights presented center around shifting expectations and being in a constant state of growth. I believe that radical accountability requires true vulnerability. Hopefully you find value in the content presented, and if so, I hope that you'll visit the website togetherweshift.com and check out some of the other resources available in the tools section. Now let's get to it. Here we go. Welcome to season two of Shift the Podcast. We're back. And a lot has happened since we wrapped up season one in June. Karen and I bought a house. We moved our family. Not across country or anything, but definitely across town. And let's be honest, guys. Moving can suck. It can be really hard, especially when you're buying a place in a seller's market at a time when you weren't really prepared to buy. But, you know, we've been renting for a while and we had some challenges and we had some things come up. We just felt like it was time for us to buy a house. And so we did. And wow, what an experience. There's so much that goes into just uprooting a single person and moving them and and settling into a new home and all the emotions and all the thoughts and all the feelings. And then you do that with nine people, all at like various levels of maturity and ability to express themselves. I'll tell you, I learned a few things along the way. One of those being a reminder of just how little we control outside our ability to respond to stimulus. The number of times the things that I planned using my ability to discern the best path forward ended up going in a completely different direction is hard to remember. I just know that There was at least half a dozen opportunities for me to go, well, okay, I suppose all that's left here is for me to control how I respond and me having to then choose to move on. Perhaps it's because of this process and all the things that go with getting settled into a new home that I felt sort of out of touch. Maybe the focus on my family that kept me out of touch was a reflection of what's really important to me, my family, not the craziness of the outside world. And that is a lesson I'm happy to be reminded of. But wow, when I came up for air and took a look around to see what was going on in the outside world, it definitely seemed full of chaos. And one comment that I heard people making over and over was that it seemed as if the world was ending. The world is coming to an end. Everything's falling apart. Well, I gotta tell you, the world isn't ending. And I don't think it's actually any worse than it's ever been. You just know more, and the access to information, consensual or not, is almost nonstop. We are inundated with info, and rarely positive information at that. It reminds me of this meme that I saw that said, everything I know about the Kardashians is non-consensual. If you listen to the radio, scroll through social media, or engage in community with friends, no matter how curated that engagement is, You're going to hear about things like Afghanistan, the COVID debate, vaccines, President Biden, former President Trump, various stories of death and destruction, hurricanes, school shootings, and all the things that people are feeling, seeing, and hearing, and experiencing. And as compassionate and emotional creatures, you're going to feel compelled to care, to feel what we feel, and to perhaps want to fix it. Or you may feel compelled to be prayerful about it and even be saddened by it. But I think the dangerous part here is that we might feel compelled to pick a side. We might feel as if we need to be involved or we need to take a stance. 
But if we look back over history, the world has always been in various states of chaos. And we can look at things like the Spanish flu that killed tens of millions of people, and yet a 30% chance of dying. Or global wars we've been in, World War II, the Holocaust, millions upon millions of people were killed. Or we can take it even farther back in history to the medieval ages where sanitation, healthcare, proper, you know, safe food, all of these things were non-existent it seems. And you'd have entire villages just burnt to the ground over taxes or you'd have an invading, warring village or party or, you know, and, and you just, life expectancies were, were half of what they are today. So I feel like we can look around and look at what we have and and say, you know what, we are, we're pretty okay. That doesn't mean that there isn't a lot going on and that doesn't mean that there, there isn't things that need to be addressed. But I've recently been reminded just how important gratitude is and how we face those things. Because there are a lot of things that are going on. But I think we have to remember two things. One is something I talk about often, which is that tension between truth and grace. Because the truth is, we don't actually know exactly what's happening in so many of these areas where we claim to be outraged or scared and we're responding in fear. We know bits and pieces of those things. We know what the media shows us and we know what is often sensationalized or biased. And that kind of brings me to grace and, and our core beliefs. Do you believe that people are mostly doing the best they can? Do you believe that the world is mostly gray as opposed to black or white? Do you fully understand the depth to which global scenarios are determined? Do you really think the people making the choices that impact those global scenarios understand? Probably not. So I think grace is necessary. And I think that the tension between those two is a tension that shouldn't be resolved. Because if it's all truth, we have no grace. And if it's all grace, we're never trying to resolve the problems. I wonder if this isn't what Marcus Aurelius was talking about when he said, we have the right to have no opinion. And I, I would almost take it a step further and ask myself, maybe we have a responsibility to have no opinion, or to at the very least withhold our opinions from being shared so openly and so often without reflection, because what are they really based on? Our opinions are based on our own biases, our own filters, our own limited amount of information. And so, I choose to reframe the input into just that. Input and data. Remove the noise and the sensationalism of it. Recognize that the way forward is to be a part of the solution in kindness and in love. And I think that's the second thing that we can remember and that we can put our focus on. What is it that I control? That's what I control. And so when people try to pull you into the chaos, uh, when people give you the non-consensual amount of information that you're looking for, that you're not looking for, but that, that just shows up, and they start to try to drag you down or, or they start to share with you all of their opinions as facts. I think we can go back to what Nehemiah said when he was rebuilding the gates of Jerusalem and his enemies were trying to distract him. He said, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. 
you too can remain focused on your great work, controlling what you allow in and how you respond to it, and what impact you will have on those around you, regardless of whether you agree with them or not, regardless of if you have all the facts or not, or if you have any real power to change it. Just stay focused on the task at hand, and remember, you are doing a great work, and you cannot come down, because the world isn't ending unless we end it. Thank you.